0: Hi there, and welcome to PMI Cast, the only UK podcast devoted to private medical insurance. I'm your host, Phil Knight, and let's get started. Hi there, and welcome to episode fifty-five of PMIcast, the UK's only podcast devoted to private medical insurance and related healthcare topics. My name is Phil Knight. I'm your host, and I am an independent healthcare intermediary based in Leeds, West Yorkshire, but I look after clients in the UK and around the world as well. Uh, let's get straight on with the podcast today. First of all, can I direct you to my blog, which is www localventure.blogsport.com. The blog is linked to the podcast and I try and uh, blog regularly on a variety of different topics, some medical insurance related, some not. So visit the blog regularly, subscribe and then you'll get uh, updates. You can also find it on on my uh, Google Plus page. Um, In the last week, um, I've been relatively quiet blogging. I did do a couple of posts yesterday, one talking about uh, private medical insurance renewals, focusing particularly on individual side of things, uh, which I will come back to in the, in the podcast, um, and there's also one which, as regular listeners will know, I'm quite interested in a variety of different tech, uh, so I've made some initial comments about the Apple keynote that happened on Tuesday of this week. Uh, today is the 11th of September. Um, and uh, the Apple Keynote was on the 9th. Um, so just a couple of initial thoughts about the about the new iPhones, the new Apple Watch and the new Apple Pay system. Um, it's a subject I come back to on a semi-regular basis on the blog. So you know, if you're interested in tech and business, always check out the blog if you can. Now then... In terms of of news, the the only main issue I want to talk about today is I did a mailing to my introducer database in the last week, um, talking about international private medical insurance. And I've already had a couple of calls from from prospective new introducers who want to work with me on on IPMI. It's an area which is quite technical and complex. Um, I do quite a lot of work in the international space, which is quite unusual for for even for healthcare specialists in to So if you're an introducer or if you're a client who has or wants international private medical, please feel free to get in touch. You can catch up with me, uh, uh, use the, the, the links in the show notes, uh, but also just use the podcast email, which is pmicast at gmail.com. Um, on the introducer side of things today, um, I'm going to talk at quite a high level quickly about um, my introducer agreements. Not in specifics. I don't ever talk financials on the podcast. Um, uh, Any arrangement I have with my introducers is entirely private, uh, and I would never dream of talking about specifics on air. What I would like to talk about is due diligence. Uh, It's important that if you are an IFA, an accountant, a solicitor, and you want to work with me, passing your clients across to get advice on private medical insurance, it's absolutely vital that that we build what I've always termed the bridge of trust, that I can tell you how brilliant I am at advising clients on private medical, and hopefully the podcast and the work I do um, online and in social media um, cements the fact that I I kind of know what I'm talking about. But for a new advisor, a new professional introducer, we have to build a bridge of trust so that that I know what to expect from you, you know what to expect from me, and everything is done in an above-board and professional way. As part of that, I would expect you to do what you say you're going to do, and I will do what I tell you that I'm going to do as well. But... Um, via my network, via Premier Choice we have a, a, a due diligence process so I do collate some FCA based information about who you are what you do, your regulatory status, get proof of ID I then put together a, a précis of how I plan to work with, with my introducer and I pass that over to the Premier Choices agency people just to sign off on and to produce the introduce agreement. But it does mean that we have a bit of time during our initial discussions when we go through the, the niceties of setting up an introduce agreement. It means that I know exactly who you are and when you get the introduce agreement you have a firm basis around which to work with me. The client remains yours. The financial agreement is uh, laid out in, in very plain language, as is what happens, for example, if there are any clawbacks on, on commission if, if clients cancel policies early. Although, to be fair, it happens extremely rarely in medical insurance because we're only looking at a 12-month commission uh, process rather than three or four years as as there are on other protection and life products. So, performing a little bit of due diligence and getting to know each other a little bit better really pays dividends. I tend to get business from people that I set up as introducers. I'm not about scouring the UK to find more and more people who say they will pass me business but never do. It's about building in value for both your business process, for mine in terms of of route to market, and importantly for the client to get professional advice from their PMI specialist as referred by you. So, if you have any high-level questions about how my introducer process works, it's something I deal with day in, day out, with a very wide variety of types of advisor. So I can really give you pointers as to how things should work. Even if ultimately, and I get this all the time, people come to me and say, look Phil, I'm with ABC Specialist Broker, passing the business to them, but I don't quite know why they're doing this. I will give advice because when the relationship breaks down, as it inevitably will if they haven't taken time to explain how the process works, you will come to me, and I've done this before, I've got a number of introducers who've been with other people, things haven't worked as they wanted, and we've successfully set up an ongoing introducer relationship where they pass their clients to me. So, for all things introducer in the private medical space, I am your man. And you can get in touch, again, links in the show notes, but use pmicast at gmail.com for initial um, email chat. And then we'll speak. Um, in private medical insurance section, um, we talked last week, last week about, about renewals. Um, I just wanted to reiterate this for people, because I've spent most of the last three or four days reviewing renewals, personal renewals, that have come through to me from insurance, where the price has gone up far more than it should have. Um, the factors that affect a renewal Many various and will vary by insurer, so some of these things won't count for everything. For example, if an insurer is truly um, community rated, then there's no effect of of claims on, or individual claims directly, on on an individual uh, client's renewal. It's based on the whole book and what their overall risk is like. But, generally speaking, the client's age, as they get older, some insurers have annual age bands, uh, single year age bands, others have five year bands. Used to, some used to have 10, but that's very, very rare these days. So you can bet your bottom dollar that once, at least every five years, but more likely every year, there'll be an, an increase in your PMI due to um, age uh, getting older. Medical inflation runs between 3, 6, 7%, depending upon the year, depending upon what the insurer says. So you'd expect 3, 4, 5% for medical inflation. Uh, there might be a no claims discount banding. Generally speaking, if you have a good year and don't make a claim, you might go up their NCD banding. So that would offset, let's say, an inflation increase. If you have a bad year and make a claim or two, you would expect to lose some of your NCD banding and your price will go up accordingly. The last factor is the the generic other things. Some insurers use systems where you complete an online survey. um, Others have an ongoing programme where you engage with your health. Um, so there are various ways that can usually affect the, the PMI pricing at renewal positively. If you engage with the insurer with your health, you will tend to get a, a usually a reasonably small, but a discount nonetheless. So these factors will mean that every year you'll get a, usually an increase on your private medical insurance. I tell clients as a rough guide, I would expect year on year somewhere between 3 and 10%. Anything more than that I think is probably unreasonable unless you've made a series of claims. One or two claims can have a 10, 15, 20% increase effect. So if you haven't made a claim, 3 to 7% is probably about reasonable. That said, I've had a number of insurers recently and there are some main culprits and I'm not going to identify them on the podcast. You know who you are. People that have changed their pricing structure, and then there there've been two or three this year. People who have just seemed to have some adverse claims issue across their book, and therefore they are just increasing their pricing. And then I've had others where there's been a problem with, let's say, a health survey. And we have a 16% increase because the client wasn't notified that they needed to complete a health survey. So all sorts of factors have added to quite a, 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 an annoying week for me because I'm loathe to move an individual client after one or two years with an insurer. But if I have a situation as I've had twice in the past week where a client's premiums have gone up from approximately £100 per month to over £150 at one renewal with no claims, I have no choice but to seriously consider moving the client away to a new insurer because let's be right... There are eight or nine different insurers out there, all competing for good individual business where the member hasn't claimed. So my message to insurers is, for me, it's a pain in the backside. I don't want to move clients if I don't have to. But in actual fact, although I've got extra work to do, I will get initial commission again on writing a new policy when I have to switch them. So my message to insurers is, the more stable your pricing is, even if there are increases going through, the more stable the pricing is, the less inclined I'm going to be to move the, 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 the policyholder. So really, I think it's incumbent upon insurers to, before they just issue, even if it's an automated process, perhaps have somebody checking that there aren't silly increases going through for reasons that could be avoided. For example, if a client has missed a survey and their price has gone up by 16%, perhaps it's worth putting the renewal on hold for a week and writing to me or to the client and saying, if you do this server we might be able to put your renewal down a little bit Mr. Klein. So there's lots of ways that I think insurers could be far more positive about how they deal with renewals. The bottom line for me is I have a thriving busy book of business. The less work I have to do the more likely I am to renew a case with the holding insurer. But if I see things being unfairly foisted upon clients, and this is all about treating the customer fairly under FCA rules, if the customer isn't being treated fairly I will intervene to make sure that they do get the right deal at the right price. So, (laughs) kind of rant over. Um, That's the end of the podcast. I'm having to keep it fairly, fairly short this week just because of of sheer volume of work. So let's finish. Uh, I'm an independent healthcare consultant. I'm part of a Premier Choice group. Uh, Their um, FSA number is 312 878. You can find out all about me at at my um, Premier Choice uh, webpage, which is in the show notes. You can contact me on the number and email address in the show notes. Happy to talk to anybody, client, prospect or introducer about private medical insurance at any time join us next week for episode 56 of PMICast in the meantime have a good week thanks for listening take care